Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to my house. Call now. 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm Stephen Gaines. Dottie is at Elliman's annual reInvent event, so I'm sitting in for her, but I promise you she will be back next week. However, Dottie's erstwhile co-host, real estate attorney Jerry Feeney, is here with us. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Stephen. Hi. And uh, so is our mortgage finance expert, Glenda Winter Irving, is also here. Good morning, Glenda. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, and, Jerry. And for good measure, a real estate educator and investor, Esther Muller, is with us. Good morning, Esther. Hi, everybody. Hello. So we've got a great good morning, panel Esther. here for you. Good morning, Glenda, so, Jerry. Please call in with your questions, 866-970-9622. Last week, as we ran out of time and had to sign off, a lady named Anna was holding on, and she promised that she would call back today and be our first caller. So, Anna, if you're listening, we miss you, and we want to answer your question. We're at 866-970-9622. And by the way, you can follow Dottie Herman on both Facebook and Twitter, her posts and news are just as warm and witty as she is on the air. So if you have a question for Dottie or any of our real estate experts, you can either call in at 866-970-9622, or you can always send us an email at radioshow at com. I want to uh, take a moment to thank Citizens Bank for their support. They clearly love New York as much as we do. Citizens is the 12th largest retail bank in the United States, and they deliver a broad range of financial services to over 5 million people, companies, non-for-profits, and institutions, and they show support for this show also. So thank you to Citizens Bank. A little later in the show, at 11 o'clock, we're going to have Michael Rodriguez. He's the Director of Research for the Center of Real Estate and Urban Analysis at George Washington University. What that means is he has co-authored a uh, report called The Walk-Up, Wake-Up Call, New York. He's going to talk about walkability and its relationship to your well-being, your health, and especially to real estate values, what walkability means in all of our five boroughs. Um, also, uh, a little later uh, in the first hour, Noah Rosenblatt, the founder of Urban Digs, is going to talk to us about how to get the best information you can get about real estate when either you're buying or selling. Speaking of which, wow, what's that? Did somebody fall over? <laughs> Hello? Oh, well, Hello? Anyway, hi. 
Speaking of which, um, we'll talk a bit in part about the new tax proposal that may cause a third of the people to stop deducting their mortgage interest. Um, you'll still be able to deduct your mortgage interest, but under the new plan, you might not want to, and we'll talk about more on that later. Also, is there a career waiting for you in real estate? There's nobody better than Esther Muller, who has trained tens of thousands of brokers to tell you uh, if you've got what it takes uh, to be a real estate professional. And more on that later, too. Um, I have a question for our listeners that's real estate connected. Why was the bank robber, pretty boy Floyd, so loved by the public? Does anybody know why the bank robber, pretty boy Floyd, was so loved by the public? If you call in 866-970-9622, I'll let you know um, what the answer is to that. If you don't know it out there, today in history, 1858, the can-can was performed for the first time in Paris. And I love that. It was a naughty, naughty thing then to do that. And um, is, is Jerry, are you there? I'm right here. Yeah, I'm listening. Oh, um, no. <laughs> I know like you are. It sounds, it sounds like washing dishes it sounds like somebody's stuff. washing dishes. Yes, I know it's <laughs> no, true. No, I'm just no, no. I know. I know you wouldn't be washing dishes, Jerry. <laughs> anyway, maybe the floors. I bet you do. I I bet you do. Uh, in, 19, in 1849, the first tattooed man. Now, think about this. Everybody has tattoos all over their bodies now. But in 1849, the first man who was completely tattooed was put on exhibition at the Franklin Theater in New York City. Can you imagine? He was an exhibit in 1849. And on this day in 1879, um, Thomas Edison invented the electric incandescent lamp. And that first light bulb uh, lasted for 13 and a half hours before it would burn out, which means it lasted three hours longer than most of my light bulbs do anyway. <laughs> and if you, were if you were born today, October 21st, in a world with nearly 7 billion people, chances are someone famous is also celebrating their birthday today. So on October 21st, um, today's birthday is Kim Kardashian. Uh, happy birthday to you, Kim Kardashian. I've seen enough of you <laughs> as much as I ever want to see, uh, both dressed and undressed. And also, sadly, today would have been Carrie Fisher's birthday uh, had she not passed away. So happy birthday to you, uh, uh, Carrie Fisher. Um, we have a phone call uh, from Karen in uh, New York. Karen, are you there? Sure am. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, what's the Overlook property uh, question? Yeah, Karen? if you have a property that's been kind of largely overlooked by the buyers, and it's really a tough market as it is, how can you reactivate interest? Oh, oh that's a great question. That's a very good question. Esther? How can you uh, – so most recently, this is really, really very cool and very unusual. I had a meeting with um, recently on that subject, and auctions is going to become a very interesting new area to look at. It's become kind of sexy because auctions can create an event that is exciting. And people love open houses and people love to look at apartments. So that could be uh, something that uh, could be used as a marketing tool. So if you have a house and... It hasn't been sold, and you just want to bring some excitement to it. I think that could be an interesting new approach. Karen, are what you an you owner or a broker? Uh, broker. 
You're a broker. How long has the property been on the market? Well, it's been on and off, you know, by others, and now it needs to come back on. And, you know, if it wasn't happening before, what's going to make it happen now? Lower the price is one thing they always say, you know, to lower the price is the simplest thing. Also, of course, there's a footprint. If the if you are uh, had the property on the market, if anybody had the property on the market before and taken it off, buyers will be able to see that. Anybody will be able of to course, see that. Of course, there's history out you there. Know. And it's, it's, you know, if it's very, very hard to get uh, publicity or to provoke. What I would do is price it right. You know, that's the that's the quickest way. You say it was an overlooked property, Karen. Why do you think mm-hmm. it was overlooked? Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think it was overlooked? Um, well, I don't know. You know, I can't speak for who was who had the listing before, how they marketed or not. You know, that's that's up in the air. But you know, again, once it's been out there for a while, new people tend to overlook it. Like, what was wrong with it? It didn't sell before. There must be something wrong. And maybe nothing wrong. It just may never been presented properly. It's hard to know. I- yeah, I think another area uh, to look at is the staging of it. How does it look? Maybe it's been on the market. Maybe it's too cluttered. Maybe it's just too busy, too many photographs, personal photographs, maybe too much furniture. So I think, uh, you know, kind of like reexamining and reevaluating what it looks like would be another area for you to, to work with overlooked properties. Sure. The only problem sometimes, as we know, buyers are in love with their furniture and think everybody is too. So. Well, that's a really important job, I think, of the of the sales agent is to really, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, I, I, I have my real estate license, and one of the first things I went to was a $22 million house, and there were stains all over the rugs. There were stains from I don't know what, and the house was $22 million. Mm-hmm. And I said to the owner, you have to have all of these rugs cleaned. And she was furious with me and sent me away, and I didn't get the yeah. listing. So sometimes oh, it's... Yeah, we have people furious over just asking them to have their windows cleaned for maybe a cost of two hundred dollars. I just had well, that done six months ago. Well, well, that's 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 you know that's a problem. Then you know they yeah. and 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 I think it's a job for a broker, and I think it's a job for people mm-hmm. who are trying to sell properties to really look the truth squarely in the eye, and mm-hmm. and to to listen to your broker. I think brokers almost always know best, and then they say in the long run, Karen. Uh, that the market uh, finds its own price, and uh, but you know you just have to price it properly. And uh, and good luck to you, Karen. Thank you for calling in. We calling, really Karen. appreciate it. Uh, you know, Esther, it's really interesting. You mentioned the um, auctions. I'm from Australia, as you can probably tell, and lived in Victoria, and that's how we sold all of the houses. Every Saturday, you would turn up to the auction. You'd stand outside. Generally, everybody would bid, and somebody would would win, or if you didn't reach the reserve price that the bar- seller wanted, of course it was put back onto the market for private sale. Wow, so all I didn't know that. That yes, is great. Oh, yeah, I've been to ev- Melbourne. Everything so was sold like that. Do they still you do it that turn way? Up with you. Yeah, you had to always have, if you were borrowing, you always had to have your, more, you know, your financing <clears throat> arranged because it was non-contingent on financing. Right. All the houses are sold that way. That's amazing. I think in recently. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is amazing. But, Glenda, you said then if the house doesn't sell, then it went to private sale? Then it just goes to private sale, yes. So the opposite. So get this psychology involved is that mm. people need to make a decision. All the documents are in place. And then what you've got is a call to action. So there's a date of the auction 
everybody arrives. They do their due mm-hmm. diligence before. They come to the open houses before. Yes. So there isn't staying on the market forever and ever. Now, do they still do this in Australia? It, well, I'm from Melbourne. I Melbourne. I've been there for some time. So, right. um, but I don't expect it would be any different. And, but after the show, I'm going uh-huh. to actually take a look at it, and I'll email you, Esther, and confirm mm-hmm. that that is still how they're done. But I love it. I, I think it's, a, it's an incredible marketing tool. Yeah, I, I bought too. three properties in Australia and bought them all by auction. <gasps> really? Wow. Gosh, all these people mm-hmm. own so much property. It's just amazing. See, it's listeners, nice that's what you've got to do. You've got to buy property. You can get rich like Linda exactly. <laughs> and Esther. No, and, and, not I lo- me. and I love Melbourne, by the way. Joan in New York. Yeah, Joan has yeah, a question. A Joan has a question for you, Glenda. Joan, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Joan. Home equity versus bridge loan? Well, let me tell you a little about it, okay? Okay. Uh, we we own a one-bedroom co-op without a mortgage. We want to buy a two-bedroom co-op using the equity in the smaller one, in the one-bedroom. And we will have the cash to cover the difference in price. Do we, do we do a home equity, a bridge loan, or is there something else? Okay. Firstly, on co-ops, many banks won't do home equity lines. So first of all, you have to make sure that your bank uh, will do that for you. Um, well, you know, some banks that. will do it for relationship reasons, right? So uh, the, my bank said that they would do it as long as I hadn't gone um, and put a deposit on a second place. Okay, yes. So when you get the home equity line, and then your purpose for that obviously is to buy the second place, are you thinking of selling the first place or your your Yes, eventually, but I don't want to sell it until I have the second place because Mm. uh, if I don't get a second place, I don't want to start looking for a one-bedroom back, you know, again. I I like my one-bedroom. Your, so, Joan, effectively, your home equity line is is a bridge loan, right? We don't really see bridge, quote-unquote, loans in the market very much at all anymore. If we do, they're very they're case by case. They're very special um, loans, and the interest rates are generally very high, and the fees are high, you know, the, the upfront fees. So the best thing mm-hmm. you could do if your bank will do a home equity loan for you, and they're probably amenable to that because you don't have another lien on the property, um, then that's the best thing for you to do. Okay, so my bank will give me 80%. Um, is mm-hmm. there somewhere I can go where I can get a higher uh, uh, home equity loan? It's un- it's unlikely on a co-op. You, How much debt does your co-op allow you to have? Because when you get the home equity line, you are going to have to, uh, you know, liaise with the co-op and get approval from the co-op if prior to it closing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because you're yes. taking a home equity loan against stock in the company. If it's a co-op, it's stock yes, in the company. It's a, lien. it's a lien, so they, you know, the board has to uh, has to approve that as well. And they likely have a maximum debt limit, Joan, and it's it's often eighty percent. But some co-ops, as Esther will tell you, are much less than that. But um, the home equity line sounds to me the way to go. There's generally no closing and you know, on the home equity I, line. I just want to add very quickly. That is probably 50% of the time questions that sellers are asking. Should I sell first? Should I buy first? Should I first 
Fine. So I would love to see us do even a half hour at some point. I'd love that. It's a great subject because so many people want to know how to make that yes. transition. Thank you. Joan, I Very hope that helped question. you. Thank you. Thank, thank you for calling, thank you. Joan. You're thank welcome. You. You're quite welcome. Um, I just want to, you know, we were talking about um, ghosts last week. Halloween is coming up. By the way, I, I tried to book uh, an exorcist. Literally, I tried to put an exorcist for the weekend before Halloween um, who exercises houses, and they turned me down. They didn't want it to be made a joke of. Um, they're, most exorcists are men of the cloth, and they don't want it to be made a joke. But there are house cleaners, and they're paranormal people. And um, we might get one of those house cleaners to tell us, you know. But, however, at the same time, I just happened to find this article that said 58% of people would live with a ghost. In September, Realtor.com conducted a haunted real estate survey where a thousand respondents uh, shared their opinions on a home with a few extra guests. You know, Well, a ghost <laughs> could be an ex-lover or an ex, you know, I mean, someone in your life that was important. A ghost doesn't mean that it's something negative. Well, listen, listen to Stephen. this. Uh, for, the, for those, um, 33% of buyers said they were completely fine living in a haunted house 25 percent so they said maybe and 42 percent said no way now for those who were iffy about it guess what changed their mind a price reduction of 40 yes. percent so. <laughs> <laughs> sense. access to a better neighborhood they would ignore uh -huh. the ghost if they had a better neighborhood 35 percent if it was a larger house or if there was an extra bedroom that would make them say yes meanwhile only eight percent of respondents said no perks were necessary for them to uh so 48% they could tolerate this is this is they could tolerate hot or cold spots in the home. You know when you walk into a yeah. area it's oh, chilly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The next most tolerable activity was strange noises. Well if you lived with my dad you would have heard all sorts of strange noises all through the night, followed by a strange feelings in certain rooms and unexplained shadows only 35%. 20% of the respondents could tolerate levitating objects. Well, Stephen, I know you're <laughs> laughing about it, but there is yes. very serious aspects to, you know, feeling your sense in a home. It's your shelter, and there are some spiritual beings sometimes that do exist. Well, there are people that walk in and say, I need to feel the karma right. I feel something in this room. Is no, no, no. <laughs> Now, Jerry, don't start. This is a serious conversation. You know, when, when you say something like, it's calling me. No, no, it's calling me, Jerry. It's calling me, you know, Kool-Aid. No, it's calling me. This this apartment is calling me. No, I have Be serious, Stephen. There were clients that I have that really have to feel that it's pulling them. It's asking them to move into it. For those of you who believe what I'm saying, and this is true, would you please call 866-970-9622. Give me well, some credibility here. you're probably Bellevue Psychiatric, so you probably can't get a phone line there. So. Now, <laughs> this, is not, <laughs> this is not a haunted house, okay? But Donald Trump's childhood home in Queens, we've reported on this so many times, finally, finally found a tenant. <laughs> But oh, it did. Really? It's called, kind of, yeah, somebody, it did. Somebody bought it, right? No, so it called them. A, a Chinese them. woman bought it through an LLC, Trump Birth Home LLC. She's in China, but they they haven't been able to rent it. The renter finally, um, it was an ISO that was overgrown grass and stuff. But uh, 3500 bucks a month. 
It's going to be if you want to live in uh, in Donald Trump. So somebody took it, five-bedroom, Tudor house. It's not bad, $3,500 a month, right? No, how many square feet? Uh, I'm not sure. When you come back, we're going to talk about crabs uh, committing suicide on Prozac. We'll be right back. Please don't go anywhere. Global warming, is it a fact or fiction? And what is California doing to reduce air pollution that other states can copy? Those are the subjects this weekend on Champions of Justice. Tom Girardi talks with former PUC president Michael Peavy. We also talk about effective alternative forms of energy. Tune in Champions of Justice, Sunday mornings at 10, here on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Have you ever had a legal question pertaining to elder law or estate law and wondered to yourself, what's the best course of action to take? Every Thursday during Kevin McCullough Radio at 5 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer, you'll hear Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law answer a listener's actual question. If you have a legal question for Mike Connors, the Ask the Lawyer host, simply email the question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call the Legal Question of the Week phone line at 347-735-MIKE. That's 347-735-6453. And don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors every Saturday evening at 6 on AM 970, The Answer. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies. They really have made a difference. I mean, when I started taking them, I could not tie my shoes because of the knee pain. I have arthritis in it. And uh, I actually bent down and tied my shoes by mistake. Just, uh, you know, I was so used to not being able to do it. I couldn't believe I did it. And that was shortly after starting the Balance Nature. What are you waiting for? Good health is just a phone call away. Don't miss your opportunity to get a free month supply of Balance of Nature. Call 1-800-2468-751. That's 1-800-2468-751. Call 1-800-2468-751. Or go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code THEANSWER. That's balanceofnature.com. Promo code the answer. An important message from Medicare. It's Medicare Open Enrollment now through December 7th. Time to go online and look at all your Medicare plan choices. Like prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage plans from private insurers. Look for lower costs, more benefits. I'm open to that. Every year, plans change. So can your health needs. Open to something better? Start today. Use the tools at Medicare.gov. Or call 1-800-MEDICARE. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Computer, execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha. Night, night. Oh, I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? 
Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. <laughs> It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Hey, it's Stephen Gaines sitting in for Dottie Herman, but uh, Dottie's co-host, Jerry Feeney, is still here. Um, Glenda Witcher-Irving is here. Esther Muller is here. And I am here to tell you that a lot of Prozac is being flushed into the water in Oregon, off the coast of Oregon, and the crabs are going crazy. They are, uh, they become blindly fearless fighters if they have some, uh, Prozacs. This is a serious problem. Well, it did thing like that. Well, it doesn't, they, people flush pills down the toilet all the time. And it gets into the pill popping creatures gathered grub more often with no fear of predators. This published in the journal Ecology and Evolution. They began foraging during the day and unlike depressed humans, the meds didn't bring them out of the crab, the crabs out of their shells. It made them more combative. So, what happens if you order crabs? Like, and you eat a crab that has Prozac that has in it. I guess you feel happy after. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. Anna, okay. Anna, you are there, Anna, from last week? Anna, are you on the line? Yes, I'm on the line. Hi, Anna. Thank you for calling back. I really appreciate it. So what's up? Tell us what your what your question is. I have some property in upstate New York, and it was... It was termed rural land, and now they're sending me a tax bill as a 10-acre residential. But the property is way more than there. 10 acres. So there's any tax how, bill for less? How big is the property? I beg your pardon? How big is the property? It's 50 acres. 50 acres. And it, it previously <clears throat> was in a tax Rural land. Rural land is in farmland, uh, and now the most recent tax bill you got—they changed the code to ten-acre residential. Uh, to ten-acre residential, and it's uh, way higher. I'm paying yeah, school cool. taxes, which I didn't pay before. Yeah. Uh, so, did you call the assessor's office and ask them what the cause of that change was? No, there's there's no change there. I mean, there's a couple no, no. of houses you, around there, but you, in my land, there's nothing. No, no. Did you call the assessor and ask them the reason they I ca- I called, and the person I spoke to, uh, she says, oh, that's because the land went up in value. But I don't think that has anything to do with it. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't think so either. That doesn't make any sense. Um, it sounds to me like it's been miscoded. Um, 
did they give you a new notice of property value at the beginning of the year indicating that no they just it, it, it just it, it raised the tax and on the yeah. school tax bill it says the property value and then the value right because I uh, she that. Says that the, the property had not been assessed in over 20 years but i know it's not true so I, I would call back on Monday and ask to speak to uh, either the, the assessor for the uh, county or one of the assisted assessors and say, look, I really need to understand what happened here because this doesn't make any sense and my taxes have gone way up and nothing really changed on the property. I wouldn't. I think that person gave you kind of a flippant answer. It doesn't sound correct to me. Um, I, that's what I would do. I would call back and usually the assessor or uh, is you know, somewhat accessible person. They're busy, so you might have to wait for a call back, but they'll usually call you back. Um, that's their job. They're elected officials, so they, they're supposed to call back the constituents. And, and, and maybe you even have to go down there in person and have somebody sit there and explain it because I just that just doesn't make any sense to me. Because Can I, I, just I ask? want to sell the land, but that might that might pose a problem to whoever might be yeah. interested in buying it. Yeah, no, uh, you got you got to resolve it before you market it. Well, right. I, I, that's, I was just going to say, yeah, I was going to say on exactly that. You know, sometimes problems become opportunities. So my question to you is: now that it's changed, maybe the zoning has changed. Now it's more usable land being residential. Does that raise the price of your property? Will that help you? And now that you say you want to sell, be able to sell and capitalize on this change because they can now put some residential, you know, sites on it. Well, um, if indeed the, the change was there, accurate. There's houses yes, around it. You. There's a couple of uh, mobile homes because there are houses around it. There's always been homes around it. Uh-huh. So it was residential. Well, I think Jerry's advice to you, Anna, is really good. I would follow mm -hmm. Jerry's advice, and I would definitely call the assessor. And would you do us a favor, after you do that and find out more information, call back and tell us what happened, Oh, okay? yes, I'll let you know. Okay. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much for calling. You know, um, Misha, uh, you were, I've been holding on for a while now, Misha. What's, uh, what's your question? Misha? Oh, I guess Misha's gone. How about Frank from Brooklyn, the 1031 exchange? Frank? I guess Frank disappeared, too. Um, there's a um, there's a problem. Oh, nobody is there, right? Okay. So what with all the glamorous uh, skyscrapers going up in New York City, I thought I would just tell you this, uh, that uh, who washes the windows of these 50, 70-story tall, 80-story? story tall buildings well there are companies window washers and they make in the neighborhood of thirty dollars an hour to clean those windows and, and they uh, the earn every penny of it in my opinion isn't that not a frightening thing the time Warner oh, Center in columbus pay. circle you couldn't pay me to go up on those things no listen to this either, the one one building takes two crews about three months to clean um, and the 76 rental uh, tower on Spruce Street takes six to nine months to clean. So they can't, of course, they can't go up if it's too windy. They can't go up. And, um, a large job requiring several weeks of work might pay $50,000. And even a stout five-story glass building uh, that takes four days to clean could be uh, $60,000. Uh, it's kind of amazing. Many. Oh, by the way, yeah, what do they use should... to clean? 
Go ahead, Jerry. So we should program a drone to do that. Yeah. That's so, a great mm-hmm. idea, actually. Yeah. The, yeah. the, 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 the equipment they drone. use, no matter how big it is, if it's a skyscraper, if it's just a house, the equipment they use has remained constant. The squeegee, a rag, and that's it. Many window washers use dishwashing detergent, which they claim is the best thing to clean the grim, the grimes from a skyscraper. You know what I heard is the best thing to clean? Newspapers. Yes. I'm serious. Yes, no, newspapers. It's newspapers true. are supposed to be like amazing to Wipe clean. it, to mean to wipe yeah. it off. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It yeah. is. Because they don't leave lint. Yeah, you just have to be dressed when these window cleaners come around. We're going to introduce Noah Rosenblatt in a minute, but Misha, did you come back on the line, Misha? Hello? I'm here. Oh. Oh. Is that Misha? No, well. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, Misha, please. We can hear you. What's your question? Good morning. How are you? Very good. What's your question? Well, my question is, uh, actually, it's more of a comment. Uh, You guys so far have discussed two comments or two subjects that are very relevant to me. Number one is auctions. Uh, I own Paramount Realty USA, which is uh, an auction company here in New York. Number two, you talked about Donald Trump's childhood home, which we actually auctioned earlier this year. So I thought I'd call and chime in about auctions. Trump's house, actually, just to clarify one of the comments made earlier, that was actually rented within a day of being put up for rent. And that happened a couple of months ago. And the renter who rented it from the new owner, which is a Chinese woman, actually put it up on Airbnb. Did you guys hear about that? No. No, we haven't been following it that closely, yeah. But Misha and um, Esther, while we were on the break, I looked up auctions in Melbourne. And so we're ahead of Australia. I mean, Australia's ahead of us. So their Saturday is uh, already over. So yesterday there was... 1,055 auctions in Melbourne, and 75% of them cleared. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. That's amazing. So, Misha, uh, you do auctions. Why do you think the success of it? And do you, yes, tell me, so you guys work with brokers and do this? Yes, Misha, does it cut out the broker? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Our job is to help owners and listing brokers promote special opportunities and really get people's attention and focus their attention on a given property. For example, if you have 10 townhouses in Tribeca that are on the market, all valued around, let's say, 8 to $10 million, especially if the market is a bit slow, it's sometimes difficult for the seller and their listing agent to get attention and focus the attention of buyers on a particular townhouse. This is when there is supply and there's choice and there's competition among sellers. So one thing a seller or their listing agent can do to focus the attention of buyers on a particular property is to put it up for sale by auction. First of all, the word auction gets attention and it creates urgency. And secondly, when you put a date on it, the date creates a deadline, which means that if a buyer is interested, they have to do something between now and the auction date if they want a chance to buy the property. And the obvious obvious is always... Does that make the people think that they're going to get a, a bargain? I mean, because exactly it's auction, they hear auction, yeah? That's, a, that's exactly what I was just about to say. The obvious thing is that buyers hope and believe that they might get a deal, which is, why, which is really the incentive for participating in an auction. Misha, we have to uh, go to a break night right now, but we're going to be back with Noah Rosenblatt. Thank you for calling, Misha. We'd love to have you back again to talk more about this. We'll be right back with Noah Rosenblatt. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. 
You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills, and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors & Sullivan's free seminars. On Monday, October 23rd at Vesuvio Restaurant, 7305 3rd Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. At Buckley's, 2926 Avenue S in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn on Wednesday, October 25th at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. And on Thursday, October 26th at the Montauk Club, 25 8th Avenue in Park Slope, Brooklyn at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors & Sullivan, plan now for later. Are you looking for a radio show that gives you straight talk, common sense, and the facts? Are you looking for a media outlet which offers all points of view? If the answer is yes, then listen to the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 8.30, right here on AM 970, The Answer. The Cats Roundtable is hosted by John Katsimatidis, a successful businessman who came to this country as an immigrant and built a multi-billion dollar business empire. He's met presidents, world leaders, governors, mayors, congressmen, state legislators, and you'll hear them all on the Cats Roundtable. Republicans, Democrats, independents, conservatives, liberals, and everything else you can imagine. You won't just hear their take on the news. You'll hear them make the news. Whether it's local, national news, or international news. You can read about it in the newspaper on Monday, but hear it first on the Cats Roundtable. Sunday mornings at 8.30, right after Murano in the morning. Only on AM 970, The Answer. Hate going to the mall? Try Latote.com, a fashion subscription box that sends brand name clothing and accessories right to your door for one low monthly fee. Choose from brands like BCBG, Nike, Rebecca Minkoff, and more. All month long, get unlimited totes each month. Simply wear, return, and repeat. Go to Latote.com, enter code radio at checkout to get 50% off your first month. Wear what you want. Return everything in the mail when you're done. Repeat all month long. Again, that's Latote.com, enter code radio. There's so many people who use Relief Factor who tell me the same thing. Because of this product, they are out of pain. And many of you have already ordered the three-week quick start for just $19.95 because you were in pain like so many of my friends. Well, I have some good news from Pete and Seth Talbot. That's the father and son owners of Relief Factor. I know these guys, and you're going to be very happy to hear that in October, for everybody ordering the three-week quick start for just $19.95, Pete and Seth are going to send $5 of that $19.95 to Africa New Life to help rescue and care for a hurting child in Rwanda. For many, many years, Pete and Seth have had a real heart for children needing help, and they're now doing even more. So bottom line, if you're struggling with pain, back, neck, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, or even general muscle aches and pains, go to relieffactor.com and order the three-week quick start for just $19.95. Help yourself and help rescue a child at the same time. Go to relieffactor.com and lower or even eliminate your pain altogether. Relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. That's 800-500-8384. 
It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Hey, it's Stephen Gaines sitting in for Dottie Herman, but Dottie's co-host is here with us, Jerry Feeney. Good morning, Jerry. And also Glenda Woodrow Irving is here uh, with us, our mortgage expert. And our all-around expert, Esther Muller, is here with us. And, Esther, and we have a guest, Esther. Yeah, Who's I'm that? excited about it because as an educator in the industry, everybody knows I have the Real Estate Academy. I always invite people that are interesting. And this particular uh, founder and inventor of a company called UrbanDigs.com is fabulous because his name is his name is Noah Rosenblatt. Hi Noah. Hi Noah. Hello. Hello Stephen. Hello Esther. Hello. So I want the I want our audience to know that if you ever get up in the morning and say to yourself, I'm thinking of selling my apartment or house, or I'm curious to know what is the price of my house, my apartment so here's Noah Rosenblatt, who I think is one of those people that can help us figure it out. Explain what you do, Noah. So basically, um, we built technology to fill the missing gaps in the Manhattan, uh, the New York City real estate market. Um, as many know, um, when it comes to data and MLSs in the New York City real estate What's market. What's an MOS? Exactly. That's the question that comes up. Is we don't really typically um, have the, uh, the, the the beneficial fruit that a lot of nationwide MLSs have. And what and is an MLS? Just uh, tell I, MLS. I, seems I, to him a multiple listing service. MLS is yes. what he's saying. Okay, because our readers MLS. won't know what our uh, listeners won't know what an MLS is. So multiple Well, what they should service. know is that the data is tough. The data is tough in Manhattan. The, the transparency of the data was difficult to get. Um, there's a lot of integrity issues with the data, and as a result of that. Our industry is a little bit behind the times um, in relation to everyone else across the country when it comes to listings on the market for sale and uh, the history of those listings and tracking local markets, et cetera, et cetera. It made that very difficult. So we built tools to try to bridge that gap and solve that problem. I see. So if you're looking for a house or to sell a house, would you call you and to get this data? How does well, we only, serve, we only serve Manhattan. Okay, so we're really built for a vertical market like Manhattan. So we're built for co-ops and condos. And so it's really a price and apartment kind of technology. Um, but, yes, basically you would put your, your building address in and you would add your unit number in. And what it would do, it, it would start the process of saying, here are the comparable sales that you should consider. And you can go outside the building. You could stay inside the building. You could select the comparable sales and then go to the next step, which is making adjustments for the differences between the comparable sales. And that's an agent-centric feature. So we're actually taking that part of the process and um, making the consumer connect to an agent to get that because it's really it's an agent that really should be doing the uh, adjustments and the, the nitty-gritty of the uh, expertise when it comes to what is my home worth. For example. technology is all there. For example, a view. Uh, give us some of the uh, differences that you know you need to to kind of emphasize. Right, it makes your great, property great, different. Great, great example. So in Manhattan, um, you can go down two floors and you can have a million dollar view, right? Um, you either have an open city view, you have a view of a brick wall, you have a a river view. Um, or you have a general a general building view. So if you're comparing, say, apartment 5A, because that's the apartment you own and you're trying to price it, and apartment 15A, 
just closed a year ago, that's a wonderful comparable sale. In a vertical market like Manhattan, you want to try to stay in the same line and keep everything as similar as possible. Even though it might be a little older, the sale, you don't want to go outside the building. So that difference in view is something you need to calculate. And really, a broker has a better sense of the idea of what that difference is going to be based on the specific attributes of those two apartments. So in essence, what we're saying is you yourself can go without a broker initially to just get a feel but if you really want to dive into it and have a real great understanding of how much your apartment is worth, would you then call a broker or would you call an appraiser? Well, the appraiser, I mean, you could always call an appraiser. You could always call an appraiser. Um, usually appraisers come into play when the contract is signed and you're, you're entering the loan process and then the bank orders the appraisal to validate the contract price. That's a typical appraisal situation. That doesn't mean you can't um, bring in an appraiser. But, you know, have you heard the, the saying, if you bring three appraisers into one property just to get an idea of what my home is worth, you're probably going to get three very different values of what your home is worth based on how that appraiser handled it. So At no, the end of the is, day, the, how, how yeah. is this different for, from for sale by owner? I mean, mean, once you, well, once you get all this information yourself, uh, you're calling in the broker because the broker has clients, advertising, backup. I mean, one of the big things that they sell in every brokerage is uh, information. Everybody knows the information, the best information. Uh, you know, uh, an educated client is the best client and all the stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're, they're going to have that information and then they go to the broker with this information? No, so we're taking, we're taking that technology away from the consumer on Urban Dig. So basically, the, the two reasons people come to our site is for charting trends and for comparable sales technology to go through to pick comps and then use our, our system and our models that actually um, you know does the settings for views and size and stuff like that. We're taking that process away from the consumer. We think a consumer should connect to an agent to get access to that technology. So if they want charts and hyperlocal trends, they can see a tease. They can see a brief, high-level view of it. But if they want to go in and actually see those charts themselves, they're going to have to connect to an agent. If they go for a price in an apartment, you'll see what properties are comparables, and you'll see the sale prices. You'll take a look at that and what's available. But if you want to go to the next step in the process, we're going to put a wall there because we think that you need to be a professional to be able to use these tools, and right. we built them for professionals. We built them for professionals to better service their clients. It was a, it was a big hole in our industry. What's the name of your company again? Urban Digs. Urban Diggs. With one G. Yes. With one G. UrbanDiggs.com? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Sounds fascinating. Yeah, and you know, FISBO, for sale by owner, yeah. really almost doesn't really relate to it because the FISBO is a whole different subject of people coming on, trying to sell it without professional help. It's the worst thing you can do. Which I, I agree. The I, worst you know, thing you can do is and not 98%, it's been proven, of apartments homes sold are sold with other brokers cooperation who have the clients no could you just hold for on for a second frank from brooklyn has been on the line for a very long time frank are you there frank how are you hi you have a question about a 1031 exchange and jerry feeney is an expert in 1031 exchanges would you want to ask your question great I own a building that is on the market for a little over $2 million now, and I have a partner in it with 50% 50, 50, uh, interest in it. 
and she, my partner, doesn't want her profit or her end of uh, the money. She just wants to walk away and take her money. But I want to do a 1031. The question is, is, is that possible to do 1031? My portion of so, my... So is the property held uh, as a general partnership, not an entity? Right now, my problem is the building is in a uh, corporation instead of an LLC. So there's a 9% corporate tax that is due. So I'm getting different opinions. I'm going to transfer the deed into an LLC or uh, do 50-50 into two separate LLCs, which she would own and I would own. And then well, once we – I don't know if that's hold, possible. Hold on. First of all, for our listeners, let's explain what a 1031 exchange is. A 1031 exchange is a very important part of the tax code that allows an investor who's selling property held a productive use in business trade or investment, selling it at a a profit or, frankly, even a loss, to uh, defer the gain into another property if you obey all of the rules of the Section 1031 Safe Harbor. And there's a lot of rules, and they're rather – intricate and somewhat mundane, but if you violate one of them, it can blow the whole exchange. So the question here is, we have a corporation that's selling, right? Correct. Okay. And so, there's two partners. There's two partners in the corporation. No, no. Really, really let's, use, let's use the right terminology. You don't. I don't think you have partners. You have shareholders in the corporation. Shareholders, okay. correct. I'm, yeah. Okay. So, so... Are the shares evenly owned between the two shareholders? Yes. Okay. So, first of all, you've got to have a tax advisor, the CPA, who's been filing the corporate tax returns to uh, opine on this. But uh, generally the way I've seen it done is the, the entity that's selling the corporation can do the exchange, um, but you're going to be stepping down because – one of the shareholders wants to cash out. So uh, you sell the property for a certain price. Half of the proceeds should go into a 1031 exchange. The other half should go into the corporation's account. And then is that the only asset that the corporation owns, the real estate? That's correct. Then I, I think what the CBA would then do is they would do a distribution uh, to the shareholder, uh, kind of a buyback of the shareholder's stock in exchange for the proceeds from the sale, and then they'd have to deal with their own gain issue later on. I think that's the way to do it, but I do want you to run this by a CPA because it's a fairly esoteric area, but that's how I've seen them do it in the past. A better situation than being in a general partnership not as good as an LLC, but I think you could still do it by structuring it that way. Frank, was that helpful I wouldn't to go, you? I wouldn't go transferring any DJ until you get your CPA to opine on the tax structure here, because they're the ones that are going to have to defend it if the IRS comes calling with questions later on. Frank, okay. is that a good answer? Thank you, Thank Jerry. You. Thank you, Thank Frank, you. for calling. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye. Good luck. Somebody... So I think Frank was doing house cleaning in the background or something. <laughs> Could you hear what was yeah, going on? Yeah, it sounded a little noisy. Sounds, so in any event, Noah Rosenblatt, we're back to you. I guess Noah's not there. Noah, are you know. there? No, I guess Noah. Uh, I'm this, here. Oh, oh, you are. Hi, you Noah. Go. 
So we're cool. back to you. Right. So, um, so what, what is a hyper local day on the market? What does that mean? Hyper local. So hyper local. So um, Manhattan um, and Brooklyn—they're both very segmented marketplaces. Okay. What what's happening? For example, what's happening in the Upper East Side co-op market is quite different than what's happening in the Tribeca condo market. So in order to understand what's going on in your local market, which is what agents are tasked with when clients come to us, um, we built that solution so that you can take any chart type like inventory or days on market or price per square foot or median sale price, et cetera, et cetera. We got around 12 different chart types and you can go and find out what neighborhoods you want to go in and what property types you want to go in and what bed count and what price range. So those are the four parameters we let you have. So you can see what's going on in the Chelsea two-bedroom co-op market between one and two million. And how is that different from the Upper East Side one-bedroom condo market under a million, for example? And it's just powerful stuff because at the end of the day, the agent needs to have a conversation. They need to serve their clients. They need to manage their expectations. And the reality is every single neighborhood in Manhattan, every property type, and more specifically, every price sector is really doing its own thing. So now we finally have a way to track it. Yeah, and what makes this system so wonderful for at least agents is that they don't have to spend weeks and months doing research, uh, but all this digital electrical magic is put together, Mm -hmm. and Noah, who used to be a trader and then he became a broker for many years, uh, realized what the challenge was for us as professionals to help the consumer, and then the consumer is delighted in being able to see all this magic in front of them with charts and numbers and analytical information that's never been there before. So we love all this information because it makes the consumer a more educated buyer or seller, and it makes us more professional and being able to provide great, valid information. So, Noah, we love what you do. Yeah. I have from the agent's perspective, it's time is the most valuable asset you have. And from the consumer's perspective, you feel a lot more comfortable when you're given information on what's happening in the area you're about to buy or sell in. So Glenda, it helps the whole process. Glenda had a question. Glenda? Noah, can I just – this is Glenda Winter Irving. I'm actually with Citizens Bank and uh, financing. So a lot of uh, – often, you know, people will – You've got 45 seconds, um, Glenda. Okay, people will have a problem with their appraisals and they'll feel that the right adjustment hasn't been made for floor or for, you know, outside terrace room or something. Is your system one that you can sort of look at and get a sense in an area what a floor difference might account in value or what outside access has? Yes. Hi, Linda, by the way. Um, Yes, our system will allow you to do that. We do have models that account for differences in floor, and it actually gives you a suggested setting. However, the system will let you tweak it. For example, there's no way for the system to know that you have a river view. You you may be five floors higher. I mean, let's say you're on Madison Avenue and 85th Street, and you're comparing 12A to 5A. 5A is not high enough to beat the building, but 12A gets over and sees Central Park. Mm -hmm. So it will allow you to go in there and fix it. I'm sorry okay. to tell you, though, that we're going to have to stop for the 11 have to o'clock go, but news. Thank you, Noah. Noah, you're a great guest. Thank Please. you so much. We're going to be back thank with you, Michael Noah. Rodriguez.